Welcome to 32-Bit Bards. I'm Kit Rowe. And I'm Riven Daniel. And uh, we are recording before a live Twitch audience as usual. Uh, however large or small that audience is, shout out to Malt. <laughs> uh, um, super fan Malt. Mm -hmm. We had some technical difficulties, so if we sound like a little robotic, uh, that, that would be why. <laughs> apparently I selected the... Fault. Yeah, I selected the wrong mic for the stream, and uh, Riven was was not to be heard, which was very, very sad, so that, that's a problem. I yeah. think it was done deliberately. I think she's <laughs> trying to push me out. <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely trying to push you out after all the work I I, uh, I do just to, to get you to get on, on the podcast every week. <laughs> yep. 100%. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, so uh, we were we were saying that you don't you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, right? In Australia, nope. there's there's no equivalent. Nope. And then you made a humorous joke about yes, what was it? Yeah, because the, the only thing we're thankful for is bee, which mm. is the size of turkeys that we have to hunt mm -hmm. and you have harvest. To... Okay, this this sounds absolutely hundred percent real. Turkey yep, or beer hunting harvest, in, in we Australia. We harvest the bee from the turkeys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. No, I totally believe but we, that. But we do that every day, so it's not really a holiday. <laughs> um, yeah, and so... Uh, and by I... turkeys, I mean kangaroos. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they keep the so... bees in their pouch. Nice and cool. M yeah, no, that sounds absolutely 100% real. It's but cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You gotta, you gotta punch them for the beer, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, don't... Oh, there, goes, don't... there goes my one F-bomb for the episode. <laughs> y'all don't don't punch don't punch uh don't don't punch kangaroos no they uh, will kill you yeah don't do that um so uh yeah uh we, we we obviously celebrate thanksgiving um in the uh good old i just realized that i hold on one second i gotta change something have so a cat fountain I have a cat fountain for my cats because they like it, but I don't like the noise it makes in the background while we're recording for the podcast. So that that's resolved now. Anyway, so uh, yes, we do th celebrate Thanksgiving in in the United States, of course. Um, but I I don't because uh, well, this year for one, um, I've changed my diet to be vegan. Um, and for two, I just don't like the historical negative connotations of Thanksgiving. So. Uh, this year, the way that we celebrated was, uh, I opted to just make a handful of things the day before, uh, just munchies and stuff, no turkey, no, none of that. And just sit in front of the TV and, uh, watch Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. So we didn't get to watch all the Lord of the Rings episodes, movies. Someone Very actually important asked question. Me, yeah. Very important question first. Oh no, here we go. Are you watching the extended editions? Yeah, see, people keep asking me yeah. that, and no, I'm not sitting for fucking... There's mine. I'm not sitting for, like, ten <laughs> hours in front of the TV watching every... Like, in one day. We watched the animated Hobbit cartoon, which, in my opinion, is the only way to watch The Hobbit, the 1977 edition. No. Um, and uh, I, we watched the first non-extended edition of uh, The Lord of the Rings on uh, HBO Max. Uh, I... I was interested in watching the extended and I will watch the extended editions eventually, but I will not watch them all in one day. Like that's 
It's like freaking but 10 hours. You have to do it. Um, no, you I'm not doing it. You, you can do it. Out. Mm -mm. I have mm. done it in one day. Don't tell me what to do when well, I've already you, done it. Well, don't tell me what to do. I'm not, I'm not going to sit and watch all the extended editions in one day. But you should. <laughs> no. That's how it's done. No, it's no. that's how you do it. That's not how I do it. That's how everyone does it. There's no rules. You just do. Who yes, makes the rules? Is. No, there's not. <laughs> Fans make the rules. Mm. The majority makes the rules. Yeah, no. That's so, democracy. No, there's there's no there's no rules for this. No. So, uh, I enjoyed the first one. Um, I will. I will. Be, I'll. I'm gonna try and watch all three of them next year. Like, Mel, but... weigh in on this. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious, making that poor sweet boy have an opinion about this. That's uh, super cruel of you and not okay. I'm so. Australian, this is what we do to the British. He's not, uh, yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue that point, but I, I can't argue that you should leave him alone. <laughs> so, um,. He he might be distracted, so uh, I'm gonna move on from Thanksgiving. How how is Nano going? It's going good. Got another thousand words written today. That's fantastic. I'm I'm behind. My plan is to just try and finish my book before the next couple of days are out. Um, my my goal isn't specifically fifty thousand words. It's uh, it's just finishing the damn book. So I don't have a lot of hope, but uh. I'm mostly done, so we'll see. We'll see if I can get it you done. You can do it. Yeah. You can do it. You honestly, do it. honestly, I'm just so excited to have to have a job now um, that I'll be starting the next week or two. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, the nano thing. I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah. Like I want to, I want to finish it. You know, like I do. But it's just, I know I'm going to have more important things really soon. It's going to take me a while to get used it's to that. It's taking second seat. Yeah, it's gonna take second C at least for the first thirty days. So yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. yeah, so um, so any any other news for you? Um, I got a twitch on my butt cheek. <laughs> that's about it. So, uh, as far as nerdy things go, Disney announced this last week and a half that they're gonna have um. A new X Men, a continuation of the X Men cartoon series on Disney Plus. Um, so a lot of people were hoping that I think we talked about this last time. I'm not sure though that it, that eventually that's going to uh, lead to. We did mention it. There's, it's going to lead to hopefully gargoyles getting either like a continuation, which you know I'm hoping for. But I'm just happy they're doing X Men, honestly. Yeah. Um, also, no, I honestly can't remember how that mm -hmm. series ended. I, it's been so long. Look, I don't even think I've ever watched it, honestly, like an, anywhere other than on um, broadcast television when I was mm. a teenager. It's on Disney Plus. It's just, you know, adulting. So. I, I, used to watch, <laughs> I used to watch it as a kid, but I can't remember a great deal about it. Um, It was pretty standard, regular yeah, X-Men. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good. I, 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 knew it, I know it crossed over with um, the animated Spider-Man. 90s series a couple of times but Mulp yeah. asked is this a prison revolt in reference to your question about Australia and uh, England uh, that happened ages ago <laughs> get, get caught up <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, as far as the X-Men cartoon series goes, uh, I watched it pretty religiously as a teenager and as a kid um, <laughs> in uh, middle school and high school, early high school. Uh, but it's been a while since I've watched it. Um, and it's just not on the top of my list for things to watch um, yeah. as far as online streaming shows go, just because I have so many other things. Um, I always have a hard time figuring out what I... I also have that, that the thing where you have indecisive thing about like deciding what to do with your time you know i feel like if i do fun yes. things and i don't do work things then i'm wasting my time so inevitably i end up just doing research or something so usually for the podcast or my book or whatever but it's not good i, I really should just like oh i'm gonna watch a couple episodes of this thing whatever so um anyway uh, uh another... x-men 97 is not set to be released until 2023 oh wow that long yeah I mean, I hope it means they're going to take their time and do some good stuff with it, so I'm down. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay, so also uh, Hocus Pocus 2 apparently is now in the works. They've got a release date for it of next year, I think. Nice. Yeah, I did not think that would happen, and, and we're getting the original actresses. Like, it's not going to be a reboot, from what I can tell. It's it's going to be a continuation. So, mm -hmm. thus... Oh, that's Hocus good. Yeah, there's not much information about it yet, but there's an IMDb page on it, and I'm just... The minute I heard that news, I was just so stoked. It's... Yeah. I'm excited. But, yeah. Anyway. Hmm. that's I think that's all the nerdy news that I have to bring to the table this week. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can't I can't think of anything specific. Yeah, cuz we don't know when Ruby's coming out and we don't know when they're releasing the new season <sighs> of uh um What's the one with the mechas? My brains elapsed. Genlock. Genlock. Yeah, have they released that's season 2 of Genlock yet? Yeah, it's already airing. Oh. I need to watch it on HBO. On, on HBO Max. I think Oof. this week is episode three or four. Oh man, I need to watch it. I've already watched the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm not as sold on it as I was with season one. Really? Hmm. It's not That's bad. Strange. I just I just don't know what it is with it. That's very uh, weird. Yeah. That's really I'll just weird. Have to wait and wait and see how it goes. I may feel differently by the end of the season. Okay. Hmm. hmm. Hold on. I'm gonna fix my avatar here. Oh, I keep getting an itch on my nose. Yeah. One of those tingly itches. <laughs> well, scratch it. <laughs> I am. Uh. All right. So I guess we should just hop right into what we're talking about today. Yes. Um, which is, uh, for lack of a better word, because you know we love our clickbaity titles. Um, mm -hmm. Easy mode in video games. Um, I think this has kind of been an ongoing topic, off and on, basically since games started having like a story mode. Difficulty which is settings. Yeah, but uh, the, it it got like in the forefront of discussion big time in 2019 when um, mm -hmm. Sekiro. Uh, someone posted what well, was a, a game journalist posted about uh, doing the final boss with cheats and someone on Twitter named Fetus Berry posted um, 
You cheated not only the game, but yourself. You didn't grow. You didn't improve. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. You experienced a hollow victory. Nothing was risked. Nothing was gained. It's sad that you don't know the difference. Now, just for clarification, the person who made this tweet in response to the journalist saying they beat Sekiro with the cheats, you know, was uh, mm -hmm. clarified with uh, interviewers, newspapers, uh, online journalists later saying that... um they were just being melodramatic like they weren't being serious yeah. um and they don't they don't think that uh the game should necessarily not have this mode um it's more nuanced than that but they were just being funny basically yeah, yeah. so uh but but the Sekiro community like the um they're called a uh, from soft games uh mm -hmm. responded to this tweet like with a resounding uh yes you know it really mm -hmm. resonated with them like yeah yeah, I don't know if you remember any of this at all. I remember bits and pieces. Mm hmm Um, so... And From Software are notorious for making hard games. Mm-hmm, they, they believe, still are, I, I think. <laughs> I believe they are the ones behind Dark Souls and Bloodborne. I could mm -hmm. be wrong. Uh, you Which, can... Sekiro is very much in that vein. Yeah, let me look really quick. I think you're right. Dark Souls from FromSoft. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, FromSoft is, is the... Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. So they're known for making... Uh, yeah, so FromSoft games are difficult. <laughs> I wrote in my notes to the point of acceptance absurdity to the fans they feel as though they've accomplished something special and unique when they finish it um like they're part of a special club mm -hmm. arguably um oh i'm not gonna get into that yet so uh yeah so it's FromSoft fans the general summation is is that FromSoft fans feel like um like if you beat this game without cheats or any FromSoft game like you're you're you've got i don't know you're wearing a special badge or you're 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 a special player you're part of a unique you're club yeah which i don't i mean you know there's nothing necessarily wrong with that per se you know having that sense of accomplishment which is yeah yeah um so that's that's Sekiro. the the other game that i wanted to bring up for this discussion was boyfriend dungeon and i don't know how familiar you are with that i do remember you discussing this um issue about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. There was that game specifically, I believe, that inspired this topic. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, part of it. Um, mm -hmm. So, Boyfriend Dungeon had been in the works for, I want to say, like a year and a half. Um, roughly since 2019 or so. I remember seeing mm -hmm. the trailers for it on online, like on my, one of my feeds. Um, it's, it's exactly as you heard it, Mel. <laughs> I'm going to explain it. Boyfriend what? <laughs> I'm going to explain what Boyfriend Dungeon is because it's from an indie company and not everyone is familiar with it. Um, not as much as Sekiro, uh, which is a triple A title as far as I know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it was, it was, it was uh, advertised like in 2019, I want to say maybe early 2020, uh, but it's been at least a year and a half. I want to say, um, don't know for sure. But anyway, so uh, the game the game Boyfriend Dungeon, uh, the 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 trailers advertise you as a you're the protagonist, the player, um, moves into like this new town or whatever or something or 
Uh, and there are these people in the game who can change shapeshift into weapons, like uh, a unique weapon. Um, they can't shapeshift into different weapons. They can just turn into like a specific kind of sword. And um, you're a wielder. So you can take your sword person and you can go into dungeons and you can fight monsters and things. Um, and you can upgrade your weapon and you can date your weapon, which is why it's called Boyfriend Dungeon. Because <laughs> you can form an intimate relationship, like a dating simulator with your sword or your dagger or whatever, you know, the sharp pointy object is. You can date swords or sword variants. So it's very, very similar to the premise of um, Solito. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the issue that I had with the game, just as a side note, and, and the issue that um, other people had with it that has nothing to do with uh the topic of today's discussion but i just <laughs> i just want to put it out there i because it's, it's important in the sense that i did not finish the game i haven't finished it yet i got about i want to say like 30 to 40 percent into the game because my issue with it was is that i like the challenge of dating characters in um dating simulators um, I like kind of trying to figure it out and unfolding the story for each character. And there's no, mm -hmm. there's a challenge. So there's a challenge to the dungeon crawling in Boyfriend Dungeon. Like that, that's difficult. You can yeah. get your butt kicked pretty hard. Um, it's, it's very the good. Dating's as, not. Yeah, the dating's not a challenge. Like it's really easy to date the, the weapons, the swords. Mm -hmm. Um, there's not a whole lot of level of difficulty to it you can pretty easily rebuff them or encourage them um and and yeah i i didn't really wow. like that so it just wasn't the one part of the game that was really appealing to me like oh i get to fight things and kind of navigate each character's story and date them and whatever have you um it just it wasn't as much like an, a dating sim as i wanted it to be so with that yeah. just putting that out there that i only finished about 40 percent of the game so that's kind of like a disclaimer um the so reason they've got an interesting on interesting concept for a game but they only yeah. invested their attention in one half of it it's a beautiful game like it's well mm. well made the art's really great um it's just mm -hmm. that's my critique of of it it, yeah. it didn't it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and I think other people also had a similar issue with it in terms of yeah. But anyway, that's that's my disclaimer. I, so as a result, I only finished about like forty percent of the game. It's a fun mm -hmm. game. Like if you like dungeon crawlers, it's 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 great. It's so much fun. Um. Anyway, so the the issue that people had with this game, the the reason I'm bringing this up as part of the easy mode, uh, uh as a subset, like not so much easy mode, but in in the, for this game specifically, uh, creator intent and entitlement as a topic of this conversation we're having today, not just easy mode in games, but just what fans think that they're entitled to or should have access to with games. Because I think that should mm -hmm. be part of this conversation as well. And you kind of agreed with me, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So because this is an issue that extends beyond yes. games as well. It's yeah very um. It's a big problem with movies and TV shows. Yeah, yeah, which we, yeah, which we can totally talk about as part of the conversation today. Um, yeah, yeah. So with Boyfriend Dungeon, the reason that I'm bringing this game into this as well as an extended part of this topic is because when the game came out, um, there were people who got 
very upset um, because they're uh, so there's a character as an antagonist in the game that's part of the story of the game like to not have this character take something in my opinion fundamentally away from the story at least as far as to where I've played it and from what reviews I've seen of other people that have played it fully it's you can't just cut it out right so yeah. there were people who who said they really just didn't want that person bothering them while they played the game right like they just they yeah. wanted to do the characters and they wanted to fight in the dungeons but they didn't like that the antagonist so if you have not played boyfriend dungeon you may want to like just i don't know cover your ears or whatever like i can't talk about this topic without spoiling this game a little bit there is the yeah. antagonist wants to date your character they're they're uh um a blacksmith or they they sell weapons um and they they have kind of some racist issues against the the people weapons um mm -hmm. and they're 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 kind of open about it um and they harass the player through text messages and stuff and you can rebuff them like you have options to say that's gross or leave me alone or i don't like that but they'll just kind of laugh about it and they'll keep they'll text you every so many parts in the game and it doesn't bother me because I've never had to deal with someone harassing me or stalking me, but there are people who didn't know that was a part of the game. And so you have some people when this game came out who said, look, if I had known this was part of the game, I wouldn't have purchased the game. Like I wouldn't have, um, uh, I feel like there should have been a bigger warning for this. Uh, and then you have some people who go even further with it and say, I would like to not have this in the game. I would like to just not have this at all. Uh, and uh so that's the reason i'm bringing up this topic because similar to mm -hmm. with with sekiro um as far as the the game easy mode goes you have people who are the hardcore players who are like well this just shouldn't exist in the game at all like if this, this just is not the game for you like if you can't handle playing this game at this difficulty level there are other games out there and maybe you just shouldn't play this one and then there are people who argue but why shouldn't it, how does it hurt you as other players who play it on that difficulty how does it harm exactly. you in any way to have this accessibility for people for who which there are a variety of reasons why people want to be able to play a game in quote unquote easy mode i'm just introducing the the two different sides to, to yes. this so so yeah so um yeah that 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 we can start the heart of the discussion, but if you want to respond to any of that, go for it. <laughs> uh, no, we'll, we'll get... I'll respond as we go. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this comes down to entitlement versus accessibility, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. there, there are people who are proponents of, of accessibility, uh, who prefer to call it accessibility as opposed to easy mode, which yes. I agree with. Um, that point out that making a game more accessible doesn't mean making it easier. Button mashing can be impossible for people with chronic hand pain, for instance. So we'll start with mm -hmm. that one. Um, you have a lot of chronic pain. I don't know if you have it yes. in your hands, but um, I have it in no, my back. I, I have it in my um, forearms, uh, mm -hmm. mostly in my left arm now, but it yeah. does get hard for me to play a game for long hours at a time. Yeah. Because it all the muscles in my forearm just feel like they're being ripped apart. Like someone's yeah. jammed a knife into my arm and just started twisting it. Yeah. So I, I can understand that that part. Yeah. 
Oops, I moved uh, my thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, I have chronic pain in my back uh, because of my mm -hmm. sciatica and probably because of the fact that um, I'm about 20, 30 pounds over what weight I should be. Um, and also I did uh, a lot of athletics in my youth, a lot mm -hmm. of roller skating, um, like for 10, 15 years uh, growing yep. up. And I fell on the floor a lot, and I fell on my butt, and I fell on my knees, and um, yep. as a result, I'm sure that hasn't helped. It's possible that I, I've never actually been to the doctor and had the x-rays done, but I'm going to have to sometime in the next two years to really see what's wrong. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have a compressed disc, some, <laughs> <Yep>. disc somewhere um, <laughs> that's, that's causing, uh, oh shoot, there we go move our background around accidentally uh i'm sure i've got a compressed disc somewhere in my back that is is causing the sciatica issues mm -hmm. um yep no i'm right there with you i yeah. spent many many years doing different sports growing up and i had my um car accident when i was a when i was 12 i yeah. got hit by a car and mm -hmm. that certainly hasn't helped yeah. So yes, I I have a lot of chronic pain as well from those sort of things. I'm sure I've got a compressed disc as well. Yeah. I've been meaning to get checked out. Yeah. So, with that being said, um, for some people, it's just not always about like, oh, you know, I just I'm lazy. Uh, it's it's difficult, or I'm a child and haven't played that many games, and I'm still learning and. You know, um, sometimes it's it's because I think this is a really great quote on this topic um, in one of the articles that I was reading from Wired. Um, mm -hmm. It's by uh, this writer named uh, last name Krishna and the articles. Uh, I'll put the links in our show notes. Uh, it's the case for launching easy mode and difficult games. It was posted in 2019. Um, they say adding easy mode to a game isn't just an automatic switch. It takes time, effort, and work to do effectively. Hades, a popular Nintendo Switch game that's also known for being tough, levels down the difficulty as you play if you're dying a lot. Others let you dial down the enemy damage to increase your longevity. The crucial thing is that each game has an easy mode that suits it, while also ensuring that people who pre-ordered and booted up the game on day one can experience it as the creators intended. So the argument here is that uh, difficulty and hard are different things for different people. Mm -hmm. And what may be difficult for somebody who has no pain, who has no arthritis in their hands, who, um, you know, can, can play these games the way that, you know, they come out of the gambit, basically out of the production yeah. line. Um, that's, that it's different for someone who has hand arthritis, you know, like who yeah. has arthritis in their hands who maybe can't button mash. So their level of difficulty is measured differently than someone who doesn't have that arthritis, which I completely agree with. hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to note that the games are more than button mashing. Like they have puzzles mm -hmm. and interactions with story routes. Like games just aren't a lot of games when they came out, like, are like the, back in the day like in the 80s and 90s um they were back when we were young it... people and we had to walk through the snow for five miles to get <laughs> to get a game <laughs> i never walked through the snow to buy a video game uh... when we had to blow into the cartridges they were they were platformers. A lot of them were platformers, yeah. and the diff there was no there wasn't really a lot of story. And what story existed 
um, was very rudimentary to just kind of be like, ah, here's why things are happening. Um, yes. A lot of it, they didn't have the ability to add the accessibility options like we have now to make games more mm -hmm. accessible. Um, it, it really was kind of about button mashing, like with a lot of those yes. platformers, like even now, like not going to lie, like when I play a Mario game or a Crash Bandicoot game or Spyro, like I will have to do certain parts of a level like 20 plus times and it can be incredibly yeah. frustrating, but I eventually get it and I feel a sense of accomplishment because for me, like the difficulty that exists with those games as they come out, like that's fine. But do I mm -hmm. think that they should... Do I personally think that it would be nicer if some of those games had um, adjustable accessibility options, like detailed ones where you could set the number of enemies or the percent of things? Yeah, that would be really great. I would I would love that. Or I would love it if it adjusts like it does with Hades. Um, I think that's cool. I've never played Hades, but when I read that, that you could... Um, the game will adjust to your you know difficulty level automatically i think that's that's really cool especially for an indie company mm -hmm. um, so i i don't necessarily disagree with you on that matter with crash bandicoot i just have trouble envisioning how a difficulty mode would work mm. with that because the game's more about learning the timing than anything else I but i yeah. i know what i get where you're coming from mm -hmm. as, as i said i don't disagree with you i just have trouble picturing how it would work um yeah i think maybe they'd probably have to have less enemies or maybe when the things are chasing you because there's certain levels where the the monsters chase you and you're watching yes. it in reverse and you you can only yeah, see yeah. the front of the characters maybe it would go slower or they'd have less obstacles i mean i'm not saying it's easy i'm not asking for yeah, yeah, yeah. uh I don't remember the game company that remastered both of them. Well, it didn't remaster them, basically rebuilt them from the ground up. They at least did with um, the Naughty Spyro. Dog for, yeah. Naughty Dog for um, Crash Bandicoot mm. Toy Box, I think, for Spyro. Mm. Toys for Bob, I think. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not That's saying it. like they should do that. I'm saying mm -hmm. that if games like that had that, it would be more accessible to people and more people would get yeah. to play them and that would be really cool. Um, but it also wouldn't take away from players who prefer that... The challenge. That, yes, exactly. Like, if you can have a hard mode in video games, I don't see what the problem is in having an, you know, an accessible, yes. easier mode for players. So Absolutely. I also want to point out that some people just like experience in the story. Like, I'm one of those people... Uh, I haven't, I've only gotten like 10% into, uh, what was the Star Wars game with the redhead, uh, Fallen Order? Yeah, yes. I would like to finish that at some point. I am not that far into it, but I put it in story mode, like, because I don't yeah, need, so did I. I don't need to kick a lot of butt. Like, I, I realize that kind of makes me biased in this discussion, but a lot of the reasons I play certain games is because I just, I'm a reader and I'm a writer and I like the story and games as they have progressed have become more than just video games. Sometimes it's, it's more about half of the experience is just that story and that narrative and unlocking it and getting through it. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, sometimes I just like, you know, it's the same reason I like dating Sims. I like having a little challenge. I like having some puzzles. It's not that I don't like a challenge. Um, but sometimes yeah, yeah. I just want to 
play a movie. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's necessarily yes. anything wrong with that. Ex doing an exploratory experience where I'm not fighting a whole lot. Or when I am, I'm just kind of pushing through it to get to the next part. Sometimes I just want to poke around an environment and figure things out and not have to worry about fighting all the time and just experience the story, you know? Yes. So yeah, I think... I, I got to that point with um, Fallen Order as well, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm not even a fraction of the way into that game yet. Mulp, Mulp <laughs> says, games are toys, you don't control how others choose to play them. There was a post on Reddit about someone's kid marrying Smash Bros. characters like dolls. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how old was this someone's kid? I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope some, they someone's someone's kid could be 39 for all we know. I'm, if it's Mulp, I'm assuming that it's it's a, the actual child that he's referring to. Um, Are you talking about yourself, Mal? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I want to also bring up that should should we argue that Let's Play shouldn't exist since someone else is playing the game for you because. You know, the viewers aren't getting the same creator intended experience because they're not the ones actually playing the game. Um, you know, like no, it's the I, same I, thing. No, I don't think it's the same thing because I, I view someone watching someone else play a game is on the internet these days is akin to watching someone play sports. Like watching a football game or a basketball game. No, but just because you're watching someone else play it doesn't mean you're not in. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd... <laughs> no, no, I mean, people who are arguing that you're not experiencing the game because creator intent is important and it matters, which is a lot of what people argue about with this, which I didn't bring up, so that's kind of my fault. But creator intent okay. um, is a big part of this argument. Like, well, yeah. you know, if you do it that way, then you're not experiencing the game the way that the creator intended. And there's some, there is value in that. I, as, I, as a person talking about this, this in this podcast, I'm not going to yeah. say there isn't value in that. But with that being said, should Let's Plays not exist because you're not experiencing the game the way the creator intended you to? Like, that doesn't make sense to me, but th that's my hmm. return argument for that because yeah. I love Let's Plays. I wouldn't have yeah, experienced right. Bendy or FNAF, and FNAF is one of my favorite gaming properties, if I didn't have Let's Plays available to me. So FNAF, for those that are wondering, is Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I wouldn't get to experience Five Nights at Freddy's mm -hmm. at all if Let's Plays I, didn't exist. I sure as hell wouldn't get to experience horror games mm -hmm. if Let's Plays didn't exist because I don't yeah. play horror games. Exactly. But I do enjoy watching other people play them. I absolutely do too. Yeah. Hmm. So, and yeah. So that that's my point. Um in that sense, enforcing game difficulty on all players can be a form of gatekeeping, which I think is toxic. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Yes. So, okay, so uh, here's another quote, which I think just really surmises it as far as accessibility goes. Like, um, Sekiro and other From Software games aren't necessarily about being quote-unquote hard in the first place, not specifically at least. They are, as From Software director... Hidetaka Miyazaki said about letting players experience a sense of accomplishment through overcoming difficulties. As accessibility expert Ian Hamilton noted on Twitter, there are many ways this can be accomplished. Would this mean that some players might miss whatever point the game is trying to make? 
Sure, movies with closed captioning for the hearing impaired are making a concession, tacitly mm -hmm. acknowledging that a fundamental part of the experience will not be appreciated. It's also possible, as able-bodied, neurotypical human being, to completely miss the point of a film and believe yourself to be right. Games, like any other art form, don't always explain the creator's intent. Um, this is from a Kotaku article by Riviera mm -hmm. and Easy Mode. Easy Mode has never ruined a game. Uh, 2019. <laughs> yeah. No, Which... uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think people are just... <sighs> I don't know. I think gamer bros just get so focused on one thing um, that they they forget that they're, you know, it doesn't harm them, anyone, really, for uh, other people to experience the game differently. They they're not the only type of gamers in yeah. the world. Yeah. There's a whole wide range of people that play games. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And um, frankly, as you get older, not, you don't particularly want to spend hours on end playing a hard game no no you really not everyone does no for sure no. but i mean there's also like kids who want to play some of these games and they don't have mm -hmm. the hand-eye coordination yet because they haven't developed far enough to to do that so should you just be like no they shouldn't get to experience these games because they haven't reached that point yet and yeah screw them. they're kids what do they care? what do we care <laughs> But I, 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 you know, obviously you're, you're joking. Like, I think that people should. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't hurt the gamer bros in any way to have those options no. available for other people. They can experience the game as difficult as they want to. They, that's what that's what achievements are for, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Granted, your... that, that's a whole separate argument because, like, back in the day when achievements were first introduced, there were actually hard oh, yeah. achievements that required people <laughs> to be skilled to get them. But now achievements are very, very just, easy. Oh, oh, good job! You booted up the game for the first time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's which I think is funny. Congratulations! Like, you yeah. completed the, the chapter tutorial one of the story. Yeah, or the tutorial. Yeah, you completed the tutorial. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's funny. But I don't, I don't actually it, care either way, but it's hilarious that that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you, you look at the um, the trophies for the first three Uncharted games, I don't know about Uncharted Four, but if you look at the ones for Uncharted One, Two, and Three, the those trophies are insane, and require you to play the game through multiple times in order to get them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. fun fact, I've still never finished a single one of those games because I always get to the end and it's too bloody hard to finish. <laughs> Even on easy mode. Yeah. Uh so we haven't really talked about Boyfriend Dungeon. A lot of my my part about entitlement and accessibility in my notes is pretty much about Sekiro. Uh yep. but we're getting okay. into the benefits and cons of uh of having this type of thing in the game or having the user mm -hmm. experience have options basically because i yep. think accessibility also falls into people who have ptsd or people about a variety or, or have triggers for instance um mm -hmm. in terms of like you know uh say for instance somebody has issues with blood in a game and and, and it's easy for the creators to turn that effect off right like yes 
that's that's one thing I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Or if there are parts of the story that can be completely avoided that that don't matter, like sure, it, it's nice if you is you if you as a developer can add that to the game. Like you don't have to, yeah. but it's nice if you can do that because you care about other players and different experiences. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm bringing up. But I want to talk about one major benefit of having the fans, which I think you can kind of expand on. Um, uh, having fan input, like. Uh, shout loud and proud and really making a difference positively is is the sonic mm-hmm. um yes movie. so I'll, I'll let you go ahead for that one if you want um no you go ahead <laughs> well I, I haven't even seen the movie yet but i i the trail oh, that's right you haven't either yeah, no, it's fine. I I just, I mean, the basic story is that, you know, when they released the trailers for it back in, what, 2017, 2018? I don't remember. 2018, Maybe... I think it was. Yeah, like, he looked like garbage. Like... Oh, he did. He looked like an animal on yeah. crack. <laughs> His teeth were <laughs> scary. His eyes were scary. The, the texture was, uh, yeah. It's horrifying. It looked like it was wire. Uh, it was horrifying. I, I don't know what the people behind that design were thinking. Yeah. And I don't know how the studio agreed to go with that direction. Like, there was no way they could have thought that was going to be accepted. Yeah, it was pretty by, horrifying. By the Sonic fan community. Yeah. Of all things. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very Ugh. horrifying. Um, But anyway, fans were so loud about it, essentially. They were so... You know, like, hey, look, I can do it better. Like, the people, it wasn't even just yeah. that people were complaining about it. They were offering critiques and, like, digital mock-ups of how it could be done better, um, yeah. which was really great. And uh, I'm not going to say that some people weren't toxic, but ultimately... Oh, there was toxic people about it. Oh, yeah, there always I, is. I will, I will admit, I was toxic about it. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. toxic the way other people were being toxic, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't telling people to die. <laughs> No, I was pretty um, butthurt about it though. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a big Sonic fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but th- they wound up being like, you know what? Like, we should probably change this. It's not real great, and it was for the better. Like, he looked better. Yeah. Like, the movie did really well, I guess. Um, so I, I have a hard time imagining that movie with the original design. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they realized very quickly. Oh oh shit, if we don't change this, we have just lost a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one would have went and seen it. Yeah. There's no way in hell. Yeah. Um. So that's an example of, like, fan fan opinion, fan input, and, you know, being very vocal. Um, mm-hmm. I think being a positive impact on an... Um, uh, intellectual property and ip yep um no go ahead if you have something to say i'm sorry uh, i was just gonna say unfortunately i think it's also had a negative effect in it makes it's made fans think that they can mm-hmm. um throw shade and protest and threaten the boycott certain projects to get their way mm-hmm yeah, there is a dark side to it. Um, one yeah. of the bigger ones for me along that line is uh, is with Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon was produced mm-hmm. by a very small indie company. Um, they're not a big boss company who can handle having punches thrown at them. And the thing is, they were trying to help add to the queer experience. Because one of the things in Boyfriend Dungeon is that you can create 
your protagonist to be multiple skin colors to be multiple genders you can choose your pronouns Um, it has options so they're catering to a marginalized queer experience which is really great and also marginalized people's experience like for people who are not just your standard cis hetero white person um Mm -hmm. as perceived by society um so when people were really getting upset about it and getting on their soapbox um there's a difference between critiquing and kind of just i don't know throwing pitchforks and fire (laughs) and I just I I love my community. I do. I love my queer folks. I love my people. But there are people in my community that I get really upset with because the minute we get something that's fundamentally trying to create a user experience that is more catered towards an intersectionally impacted and marginalized community such as ours, um you have a, a, a resounding group of loud, harmful people who wanna, you know, they don't just want to critique they want to like well this should be Terror, my ex- yeah. yeah this should be my experience like you should do this and you should do that yeah. and it's like not all experiences are for everyone you know like yeah i think they there's a fine the creators to cater to everything mm-hmm. that they want yeah and i think there's a fine line between providing a universal experience and creating a game or creating experience that is accessible to as many people as possible and watering down a story because here's the thing i think with a video game when it comes to changing the experience in terms of like fighting in the game or puzzles per se um to change the accessibility to where it's easier for players to access like those aspects of the story in terms of like button mashing i I don't think you're really, it's just my opinion, I don't think you're really removing anything from the creator intent or the experience. It's it's kind of, it's a mechanic. It's not, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with removing blood from a game or removing certain aspects of the story per se, making them optional. If you as the writer of the story are like, well, this isn't, you know, people don't have to, but if they want to, it's there, right? But the mm-hmm. thing with Boyfriend Dungeon is the, the character that people were asking, that, that loud other part of the group that were asking, can you please remove this from the game? It's a part of the story. You can't experience the story the same way without the antagonist. It'd be like asking uh, Walt Disney Studios to remove Darth Vader from the Star Wars franchise because you don't like scary villains who beat on their children, you know, like yeah. and cut off their arms. Like... Uh, maybe exactly. Star Wars just isn't for you. I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper. It's just Vader's a fundamental part of the story. And I realize that movies are not the same as video games. I acknowledge that. It's different. But it's 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 a part of the yeah. story. <laughs> like, this dude yeah. is the bad guy, you know? Um, it's the same thing with me. Like, I won't watch Hand- Handmaid's Tale on, on yeah. Hulu because I can't handle watching abuse to women, right? Mm-hmm. In, yep. in that to that to the level that it exists in handmaid's tale that is not a show that is for me i will not watch it i'm glad that it exists for other people because there are people who enjoy that show there are people who need to watch that show because they don't understand yeah. like how messed up society can be to marginalized people um and women and there are people that have been through that where yeah. it's a cathartic yeah. experience yes. as well yeah but there's also people who don't want to watch it because they've been through that experience and it's traumatizing mm-hmm. for them so yeah. they just don't and there's i don't i don't miss out on anything by not watching no. that show 
if you're if your experience if you're hurt or 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 you have ptsd or triggers because of a character in a video game that's fundamentally a part of the story ma'am my dog is mooing i'm sorry <laughs> um then, then i hate to say it because i hate being that person who's like you know drawing the line somewhere but it's possible that you shouldn't play that game now on the flip side if if boyfriend dungeon uh developers were like you know what we're gonna make a separate part of this game that's not story mode right that's just you doing yeah. dungeons and dating people and there's no story that would be fine like it would be nice if they could add that but it, they don't have to um and yeah. i think at some point i just don't like that that people have a habit of attacking small indie game companies that are trying to create a product that's more accessible i'm not saying don't be critical like we should be critical but don't yeah. Don't sit there and attack and, and flame these people saying, I want it this way. I should have it this way. I'm entitled to it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Be critical. Mm -hmm. Don't don't be a jerk, you know? Like, yeah. that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yep. No, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And like you were saying about how there are these people that want a universal experience. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Sometimes it's, it's not possible. It's an impossible ask. Yeah. There's no way to create a universal experience because everybody wants mm -hmm. and expects something different. Yes. And people need to have realistic expectations of what they can have. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know you'll you'll disagree with me on this, <laughs> but I think this is a, a major symptom of... Um, participation trophy syndrome <laughs> i i do think there are people out there who don't realize how entitled they are um i don't yes. know and i'm not going to say that there aren't people who weren't the thing i don't want to get off on a whole tangent the reason i don't like the word participation trophy is because not because i don't <laughs> think that there were kids that weren't that didn't come out of that who who didn't get that sense of entitlement because of participation mm -hmm. trophies in the 90s but yeah. I, I will, my opinion is that there were many of us who just did not even care about that, who knew what it oh, meant, yeah. who didn't, who didn't give a flying fig about it. And it was, what it was, it was patronizing. Like it, it gave mm -hmm. me, uh, it gave me a sense of like, well, uh, what was the point? I agree, Melp. <laughs> achievements for completing the first batch level are modern participation trophies yeah i don't absolutely I, true yeah that's what mulp says uh I, I think they're just very few people honestly like i'm not i don't know i think mostly it's the parents the parents who mm -hmm. it's not the kids like the parents are the ones who have that entitlement when they're like my johnny yes. whatever it's not the kids like the kids who get those things i'm not gonna say there aren't spoiled children but i I can just tell you growing up in that era and I, and I know you're in Australia, so it's different. Like the way they dealt with it was different, but none of my friends were ever like, Oh yeah, look at me. I won. I'm so special. Like we were just like, ah, oh, this is going in the garbage. When I get home, it means absolutely nothing. We weren't <laughs> stupid kids. Kids aren't stupid. So I get, I get what you're trying to say. It's more of like a, yeah. uh, how you're trying to explain it, but entitlement yeah. has always existed. Like yeah. the more you give people expectations for things, the more that they assume that they are entitled to things. And I don't think entitlement is necessarily a bad thing. I do think that we should be critical of the things in the media that we consume. And we should, um, even for small companies, should say, well, this is kind of problematic. Or I would like to see more of this. Because input 
is important, right? But there's a difference mm-hmm. between being critical and saying that we should boycott a very small indie company for creating a user experience that doesn't fundamentally speak to every person who plays it because mm-hmm. it's no. <laughs> like no. Yeah. I I want more I queer experiences, please. And I would like indie companies to make those experiences for me, please. <laughs> and frankly, the only way you're going to get those experiences are from indie companies because they're yes. less concerned about public yes. image from yes. conservative groups. Yes. Yes. People who people, like the people who make Hades and, and Boyfriend yeah. Dungeon. Yes. Uh, you're not going to see a AAA company create a specific specifically a queer experience not really or if no. they do it's it's really just to, to check a box which there's not anything yeah. necessarily wrong with that but it's just there it's not going to be as authentic probably like the people who mm-hmm. are rooting and cheering for for you are going to be these small companies who are trying to create an experience for people yeah. like themselves or people that they care about um, or that they listen to, like they're just—I don't know. I don't agree with with torching the small guy for la- for, for yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but and I, I just want to make it clear yeah. because I know there would be people that'll point this out. Hmm. Games like Mass Effect that have same-sex options or yeah. queer options, those don't count. No, they really don't. On because on the dialogue options are the same. They, Exactly. On a deeper level, they don't count. Yeah. Because it doesn't. It, yeah, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things how the, how the character interactions yeah. play out. Yeah. So one of yeah. since you brought this point up, there was this one video that my roommate shared with me about like gays and video games, and I'll send it to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of long. You might not be interested, in it, but one of the, the the video I say that one of the points he brings up, and he talks about Mass Effect actually. And um, he says that one of the problems with games with that experience is that what you're telling people is that queer is an option. Like, we yes. need more games where the main character is definitively queer. They're they're mm-hmm. definitively tra- trans or they're definitively gay or pan or bi um, or a black lesbian female. Like, we, we need more games with the protagonist where the player cannot choose to kill off that character who's gay or to choose mm-hmm. whether or not that character uh, is queer. Like, no, the main character is gay, and you're just going to have yep. to deal with that. And if that experience isn't okay for you, then maybe that's just not the game for you. But with that being said, more games with varieties and diverse experiences is a much better option than every game having universal yeah. experiences i'm not saying that options shouldn't exist in games they should but there's a fine mm-hmm. line between all games for all people and more games for more people and diverse experiences that's what i want yeah and we're not going to get that by crapping on small indie companies so yeah <sighs> just to mention again like we yeah. mass effect i think the way they could have done it like when with the the relationship route was to have characters that were specifically gay or specifically mm-hmm. bi yeah like they have characters that you could not romance, romance unless you were a certain yeah. gender and you can't kill them off like yeah you can't get rid of them just because you don't like them existing in the same space as you mm-hmm. yeah well i have no problem with them being out to be kill them off as long as you can kill off any of the characters like there's got to be one it's got to be one or none 
Well, I think that there should be some All queer characters in, in games that aren't killable because then you tell the player that experiencing queer in games is an option and it and mm. queer is an option in real life. And since there's so many characters that are heterosexual cis in games, I, mm. I, I'm, a, I'm a proponent. It's one thing the guy in the essay brought up and I, I'll put it in the show notes if anyone is interested in the yeah. video. It's a really good video. It's it's not great, but the essay itself is is good. Um, but I, I I do think that some there should be queer characters in games, like there are hetero cis characters in games that mm-hmm. that can't be killed or removed and are a part of the experience because it helps normalize queers in real life. Um, yep. So speaking as as a queer person, but you, well, you're mm-hmm. also queer. I sometimes mm-hmm. I forget that. <laughs> um, yes, I'm not as obvious about it. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um. Also, I want to point out that sometimes cheating in games is just fun. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, how many... It used to be a big thing back before, like, up until the PS2 era was just being able to enter in cheat codes and make yourself invisible yeah. and give yourself all these weapons so you can just run around and yeah. be a menace. Sometimes they were just Easter eggs in games, or sometimes but... they were ways for the creator to add something to the game that the game company wouldn't let them add, like, so they snuck it in, or... Sometimes it was just fun for the player experience. I I used to love when I was playing the siphon filter games, I'd enter a cheat that would let me get the taser straight away and you Mm. could kill someone with the taser, but if you kept the trigger down on it or the button down on it, you could set someone on fire and kill them because you'd just be tasing them for that long that they just spontaneously combust. Yeah. Or what about the Konami code, you know? Oh yeah, Konami Code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my biggest one I, that I, I remember. I never used it, but <laughs> <laughs> my biggest one that I remember from my, ch- my childhood was playing Diddy Kong Racing or Mario Kart and just mm-hmm. finding the shortcuts. Oh yeah, that was so much fun. Those it are technically was. cheats. They're not main parts yep. of the the game route, but I mean, it's part of the game and they're fun. So yep. there are some bosses like if you don't take the shortcuts in Diddy Kong Racing um, from the you Nintendo can't 64. Beat yeah, it's almost impossible to beat them. Like I, you, you're hard pressed too. So yeah. Um, oh man, y'all want to play Diddy Kong? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> well, you know what? You need to start uh, tweeting out to Nintendo uh, that they need to just re-release Diddy Kong Racing with different characters since they don't own those characters anymore yeah. because Microsoft owns those characters. So yeah. Yeah, on Nintendo, if you're yeah. listening to this podcast, please, please remaster, Remake re-release. Diddy Kong. Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing. Or at, yeah. or at least put it on the N64 expansion thing and give me a reason to pay the money for it. Yeah. Oh, Mop, what do you mean by Motherload? He posted Motherload in response to us talking right. about cheating in game, and I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? No. Okay. No, I do not. Well, he'll tell us, but... Yeah, Diddy Kong. Please, please re-release Diddy Kong. I love that game. I do too. I, I mean, you can play it on a in other ways, but it's not um, the same. Yeah. I am going to. Do I would that. love to have it on my Switch. Oh, uh, same. Money I'll, cheat I'll... from The Sims too. Okay, see, I don't play The Sims, so that's why. Um, but yeah, cheat codes are fun sometimes. Um. Sometimes they're just a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed anything here in my notes. Um, I guess overall my point is is that 
I do think that games can be made more accessible in different ways for different people um, so that pe- mm-hmm. lots of people can access, access the same game and experience it. And it's okay, I think, if that experience isn't the same for everyone. That's okay. Um, but I think there is a fine line between creating an accessible game and expecting developers and writers and creators to um, make their game for literally everyone um, because different things offend different people within the game. Like, I just think that there's a, there's a fine line. There is, there's a measure. Um, and I, I want games to be more accessible. I want more options so that more people can enjoy them. Um, but if it fundamentally just waters down the entire game or the story, then it's not even the same game anymore. Like what's the point? So yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Um, yeah. So I, I think really what we need is, is to allow more indie companies to write the stories that people want to see, that the, that the communities mm-hmm. want, like yeah. the people who created um, Hades and like the people who, who made Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, mm. I don't want to leave it up to the big... I don't expect the big AAA games to create an experience for me anymore. I support smaller no. companies that are creating experiences for me and my community because that that's what I want. They, they get my money because I know that they, they, in some fundamental way, yes, they're trying to make money, but they care about me more than like Disney yep. or Sony or whoever. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I do think um, well, we've boyfriend dungeon for example maybe they should have had a warning about they did they changed it actually oh, yeah they they did change it but mm-hmm. that was after the mm-hmm. the complaints yeah. um i think maybe there sh- there could have been maybe a bit of foresight in Agreed. that regard but yeah. at the same time yeah it's it's impossible to think of every Every person. Contingency. Yeah. So there's yeah. this thing um, in, in creation in general um, called universal design. Um, and it's mm-hmm. mostly applied to architecture um, yep. for physical accessibility. Uh, and universal design basically states that you should try to make a space as inclusive as possible because when you design for the most marginalized in our communities, you um design for as many people as possible as a result because there are benefits to people that aren't marginalized or disabled or um uh find themselves in an intersectional experience uh that benefit um from things so um uh, one example is like there are museums that uh, instead of putting more stairs in when they've redesigned certain spaces they've put like a um around like a circling spiraling uh ramp right yep. and so yep. that's that's beneficial to people who are in wheelchairs or low mobility but there are people who have experienced these um spiral ramps who say well this was just a much easier experience for them because they it was easier to get around the museum it was easier to experience the museum um like they just they they enjoyed it more so yeah by designing for as many people as possible you're designing for for it's just good business right it's good for people Mm -hmm. it's good for the experience but 
um, it's not always possible. So designing for as many people as possible or trying to think as, as many people as possible doesn't mean that you can design for necessarily everyone. But when you do think of the most people for at least a, an experience in terms of like button mashing, at least like physical experience, I think um, yeah. it's, you're just being kind and there's nothing wrong with being kind. There's a fine line between yes. being considerate and kind and trying to create something that m most people can experience versus watering down something uh, that's that's and, all yeah and god knows we could use more kindness in the world yeah and mulf says accessibility benefiting others is also known as the curb cut effect i've actually never heard of that but in my library and information science studies we've just we've studied universal design and it's it's really it's cool like you can't do it for everybody but it's helpful no. so yeah and i would also like to announce that i just brought a copy of diddy kong racing <laughs> did you? What did yes, you? I did. Is it on a different platform? Then they don't have it on no, Switch, do no, they? No, I, I went. Oh, I went on eBay and found a copy of Diddy Kong Racing that's in great condition, and I brought it with Afterpay. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. Good for you. I'm going to get my N64 out, and hopefully, it will work on my TV. Oh my gosh, you should stream it. <laughs> you should stream it. You should figure out. How to I do will, that. but I have to buy a um specific thing. So I can hook it up to the. Oh my gosh! Can we can we do it on your on your channel? Can I can I oh, commentate yeah, while you play? <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. Criticize me while I play Aww. terribly. No, I won't. I'll give you <laughs> tips and tricks. It's, oh my god, it's been so long since I've I've watched someone play that game. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, I'll have to buy a um, AV adapter thing to plug it into my into the old gato. Yeah. No, that'd be great. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I should probably get one for the Switch because sometimes I just like to yeah. chill and play games on my Switch and, and stream, you know, yeah. so talk about you stupid things. You absolutely should. <laughs> and you don't even have to get an adapter, you just have to buy the Elgato. Yeah, but you had so much trouble with the Elgato, so. No, I had trouble with the um, Elgato streaming yeah. software. Yeah. All right. This stream uh, is about over an hour now. Um, yeah. I think we've talked about everything. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't updates. think there's really anything else that we can talk about. Yeah, we did all the updates and talked about Sekiro and, and Gamer mm -hmm. Bros and Boyfriend Dungeon, so... And about 10-15 minutes of this was us scrambling to figure out why you couldn't hear me. Yeah, well, that's why I said about <laughs> over an hour, because I think it was yeah. like 15 minutes worth of that nonsense. Yeah. Good times. Um, uh, 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 I did want to say... Um, oh yeah, yeah. We have to do our our our, our shameless self promotion. Or we have to yes. do our plugs. So I'll. Do you want to start? Yes, you can find me at Riven Daniel, or one word at Twitch, um, Twitter, and on Twitch it is Riven underscore Daniel. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at K I T underscore R O E Kit Row. Um, but if that's too difficult for you to remember for some reason, uh, you can find all the good things and all the links for us on uh, kitrow.com, K-I-T-R-O-E.com. Um, and it, if you really want to follow our podcast on Twitter, which I would super appreciate, it's at the number 32bitbards, all one word. So uh, please, please definitely um, tag us on, on Twitter, reach out to us on our 32-bit Bards Twitter, because uh, 
Um, we have this thing called Geek Philosophy that we record every other week where we pull a random topic out of our metaphorical hat of topics and um, we would like more user-generated topics. So if any of y'all have suggestions, please uh, send it our way, tag us on Twitter, and uh, we'll attempt, if, if it's a good one, <laughs> we'll add it to our to our uh to our topics to randomly talk about every other week on geek philosophy so yeah anything else to add riven only for viewers to stay tuned for some possible diddy kong racing shenanigans 100 <laughs> percent. all right well with that um you guys have a good day good night wherever you are in the world um this is 32 bit bards signing off i'm kit Rowe. say good night to riven say another all right Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.